The following recording is Reverend Rainey Dankel at St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Richmond, Virginia on October 20th, 2019. Thanks for listening. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. Jesus told the disciples a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you. He will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. May I have the grace to speak in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm happy to be with you this morning. Though the gospel passage we have just heard is a bit confusing, maybe Charlie asked me to preach my first sermon with you because he thinks I will identify with the mouthy widow in the story. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, I am a widow. So maybe. How long, she calls out, and we respond, not long. Again, how long? And we say it louder, not long. We're listening to Marie Battle, the guide and evangelist at Dexter Street King Memorial Baptist Church in Montgomery, Alabama. She skillfully weaves together stories about the church with passages from Dr. King's sermons, the only church where he was pastor during his career. Like any true evangelist, she brings the gospel into focus as she inspires us to take up the work of Dr. King in shining the light of God's love into the darkest places of our lives. The beautiful brick church is just three blocks from the state capitol in Montgomery. The land slopes up to the capitol, so the church is clearly visible from the front steps of that building where Dr. King was speaking at the conclusion of the 1965 march to Montgomery from Selma. Ten years earlier, as a young pastor fresh out of school, he had helped organize the year-long bus boycott that broke the power of Jim Crow laws that had relegated black people to the rear of the bus. Now the struggle was focused on securing the right to vote for people previously blocked by arbitrary registration rules, humiliation, and intimidation. Dr. King invoked the power of nonviolence based on trust in God 
to inspire the people to remain in the struggle. How long? Not long. We pilgrims from St. Paul's have come to Montgomery to learn more about the history of the struggle for, civil, for freedom for people of color in our country. Montgomery was the original capital of the Confederacy, a city saturated with the lingering forces of white supremacy for the next hundred years, and now a city that has just elected its first African-American mayor. It's a place with many parallels with our own city of Richmond. We came to witness and to learn. There'll be future occasions for us pilgrims to share with you more fully what we experienced and learned on our trip. Each of us has stories and reflections that can help St. Paul's think about our own legacy and our future. For now, I want to see how the lessons in today's lectionary provide some insights that can help us in this work and in all the work that we do as church to become more faithful disciples, followers of Jesus. It's another of those perplexing parables of Jesus, this one found only in Luke. Fortunately, Jesus gives us the punchline right from the start. Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. Then we learn about an unjust judge and a pesky widow who keeps bothering him, asking for justice in a case that is not explained to us. Finally, her persistence pays off as the judge grants her justice so he can have some peace. This parable is not an allegory. We are not meant to identify a less than honorable judge with God. I don't think Jesus is telling us that if we keep annoying God long enough, we will get what we want. Rather, it's a story about relentless pursuit of justice. It's meant to give us courage in the face of what seem like insurmountable odds. Keep in mind that Luke's gospel was written several generations after Jesus. Jesus had taught his disciples to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. But it seemed that the kingdom was a long way off. Persecution and disillusionment were setting in. People were losing heart. What does it mean to pray for God's kingdom? We see Jesus as a man of prayer, sometimes all night, or with such intensity that he produced sweat like drops of blood. On the night before his execution, he prays for relief from the suffering that is to come, but ends with the courageous words, not my will, O God, but yours. I think that is the point of our prayers, not asking for goodies from some divine vending machine but earnestly seeking to understand God's will, to be reminded of God's never-failing love for us and for all that God has created, and to find our place in God's unfolding plan. In my first days as a hospital chaplain in training, I worried that I wouldn't know what to say or do when I visited with patients. I felt a heavy burden that I was supposed to be bringing Jesus into that hospital room. 
I soon learned that wasn't the case at all. Jesus was already there. My role was to help the patient and or family discover what that meant for them, how they could experience the peace and comfort of God on their own terms. Prayer or conversation or gentle touch or singing or just sitting silently could be ways of experiencing that peace. Throughout the 300 days of the Montgomery bus boycott, there were church services two and three nights a week. Boycotters of the bus, people who were walking miles to and from work every day, came together to pray and sing and to simply be reminded that they were not struggling alone. They gave each other courage as they heard the powerful message that God always desires our freedom, that the God who delivered Israel from slavery in Egypt would not desert them. We come together on Sundays with the same purpose, to offer our praise to the one who never deserts us, to pray and sing together, to hear God's word and to receive the sacraments of his continuing care for us. We are blessed with a beautiful tradition of liturgy that forms our faith as we internalize its words and gestures and meanings. And we have our own silent words as our hearts are turned to God and shaped by the love that we receive. This parable offers a sign of hope that God's justice will prevail, though we may become discouraged when circumstances suggest otherwise. In such times, the words from our first lesson, from the prophet Jeremiah, are particularly helpful. Jeremiah is speaking to people who have lost everything. Judah has been conquered. The temple in Jerusalem has been destroyed, and the people have been carried as slaves to Babylon. Into that bleak picture, Jeremiah offers words of comfort and hope. God has not forgotten the people of the covenant. The God who has been with them in times of destruction is the God who offers renewal, rebuilding of the community, and new life from the earth. The burden of past sins will be lifted in the new covenant, written on the hearts of the people. Jeremiah quotes a proverb that seemed to echo in my ear during our time in Montgomery. The parents have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. In other versions in the Bible, we read the sins of the parents are visited on the children to the third and fourth generation. I believe that is the case as we face our history in this country where oppression of people of color is baked into our psyche and our systems, and the trauma and damage last through generations. In Montgomery's Legacy Museum, we saw African Americans dealing with the continuing pain of horrific acts through slavery, lynching, segregation, police violence, and mass incarceration. One gentleman in a video 
spoke about his sadness as he discovered late in life that his grandfather had been lynched. His grandmother and mother never talked about it, perhaps trying to shield him from the shame and grief. Our guide at Brown's Chapel in Selma, the gathering point for the marchers on Bloody Sunday, said that her sister is unable to serve as a guide in the church because she can't bear to relive the trauma of those days of beatings and dogs and intimidation. She told of her family being humiliated and threatened when they tried to register to vote. Is it any wonder that young people don't even want to try to vote now, she said. Clearly, the children's teeth are still set on edge. And so we pray and struggle and work for God's new day. We pray for God to hasten the day promised in Jeremiah when God will write a new covenant on our hearts for the day when we internalize God's mercy and justice, when the burden of our past is lifted because each of us becomes accountable within the community and our life together is renewed. When we recognize our common humanity as beloved children of God, when we accept God's forgiveness so that we in turn learn to forgive ourselves and each other, and to work for God's justice. Let's rejoin Dr. King as he speaks on the steps of the Montgomery Capitol. He says, I know you're asking today, how long will it take? Somebody's asking, how long will prejudice blind the visions of men, darken their understanding, and drive bright-eyed wisdom from her sacred throne? How long will justice be crucified and truth bear it? I come to say to you this afternoon, however difficult the moment, however frustrating the hour, it will not be long because truth crushed to earth will rise again. How long? Not long. Because the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice, says Dr. King. My friends, the days are surely coming, says the Lord. How long? Not long. How long? Not long. Amen.